Hello and welcome back to Searching for Service, a show designed to help current and future Rotarians find purpose through service. Our show's promise is a dedication to sharing stories, experiences, and opportunities for those searching for service, and how Rotary has been the organization to bring it together. The goal of this show is to grow the Rotary family by connecting through service projects. I'm Kelly Kirk, and with me... Her co-host, Joseph Kirk. (laughs) (laughs) Co-host together. And today we have another special guest, um, Susan Perriott. Did I say it good? You did. Okay. Okay, good. Um, And Sue, rather than have myself do the introduction of who you are, I'm going to allow you to take some time to share with our listeners who you are. Sure. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here with both of you today. This is a real honor and proud to talk about Rotary and and my service. My whole life, uh, working life almost has been about service. So I run the Alzheimer's Association, Minnesota, North Dakota chapter, but I'm also a regional leader. So I oversee Wisconsin, Iowa, Nebraska, and South Dakota as well. Wow. And I've been with the Alzheimer's Association for, I'm in my 11th year. And I've been with nonprofits for more than 25 years. Holy moly. We have some. Uh, and where did you go to college? <laughs> Iowa State. Woo! <laughs> and I just sit back and I go, okay, cool. St. Mary's University. <laughs> where? <laughs> well, we're happy to have you on and excited to learn more about the Alzheimer's Association. And it's it's great to have you on board and just know kind of that vast reach that you have, uh, Region 5 being a part of that. So, And you're celebrating 10 years, is that correct? T- 10 years, it was in August, so I'm in my 11th year. Congratulations. Thank you. That's very exciting. Um, what is, what's something you've learned along the way in those 10 years? Oh my gosh, so many things. You know, my degree is not in science or any of that, so it's interesting to learn about the science and how Alzheimer's develops in the brain and the resources that are available for people. One of our most exciting things that's just come out is that we have a second drug that is showing um, effective in treating the very early stages of Alzheimer's disease and dementia, and that's exciting because in 10 years, I've never been able to say that there are real treatments available to help people with this disease. And I can say that now. So it's really, it's it's, game changer. It's a game changer. Um, I had Alzheimer's personally affect a family Mm -hmm. member of mine. And so I am very, very excited to hear that even though this person, individual has passed since, Mm -hmm. but, you know, for, for future individuals, it's really it's a positive thing to hear about. So, Absolutely. I always say everybody should be concerned about this disease because if you have a brain, you are at risk for Alzheimer's disease. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, um, I we usually like this first section to be all about you. Great. And so um, tell us a little bit about your experience with Rotary. I have been a Rotarian since, I think, 1998. When I started in my first nonprofit job, they said, you have to get involved in Rotary. And that was back in Okaboji, Iowa. And I was running the Pearson Lakes Art Center at the time. So loved being part of that group. And it was very interesting. That was quite a while ago. And the group was mostly men. Um, Mm -hmm. older gentlemen, and there were probably a dozen of us women that were part of the group. 
And literally, we would take turns at who was going to sit at one of these tables because the men would all come early and they'd leave one open spot. And we're like, all right, who's taking it for the team this year or this week? But, you know, most of the people in that club, because it was the club in my hometown, I knew from growing up. I knew Mm -hmm. as a kid they were, you know, friends of my parents. So it was it was easy to assimilate into the club. And they were really fun to be around but get to know them at a different level than so-and-so's daughter kind of thing. So yeah, so that was exciting. And then when I moved to Minnesota in 2001, the first thing I did was join a Rotary Club because I hadn't lived here before. I knew I needed to get involved and meet people and learn about the community. And I joined the University Club on the university oh, campus. Very nice. Yeah, so small club, but really active. They had the mm-hmm. most amazing speakers. I loved being part of that club. It was really good. Very cool. Yeah. And then when I switched jobs, I took a, a couple of years off just because I needed to kind of get acclimated to my new position. And then as soon as I felt comfortable, it's like, okay, it's time to get back involved in Rotary, meet some new people, be able to give back to the community because even though I work for a nonprofit and that's what I do all the time, mm-hmm. it's nice to be able to have that option to serve as well in a different yeah. capacity that I would not be able to otherwise. Well, it's got to be a little different having service be your job versus like your passion and your kind of side project that you work on or or a hobby because that's kind of how I view rotary is it's it's like my 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 hobby that I just love to to work mm-hmm. on every every week yeah so there's so tell us a little bit about how you differentiate between the work component and you know, the, like cuz again you're you're probably approaching it differently than you do your service in rotary a little, but but not a lot. I mean, to me, giving back and making a difference and making a change in the world, that was so important to me that that's become part of my life and my job. And I always appreciate that. And I, I work a ton of hours and lots of events. And when my kids were really little, you know, sometimes they would complain, where are you going, mom? What are you doing? And I'd always say, do you know what mom does? Yeah, you help people who are really sick. I'm like, yes. And they're like, okay, go do your job. And, I'll allow it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> make make a change in the world, and that's just become ingrained with me. And I don't know that I could go to any other kind of job because it's it's wonderful to have that as part of your mission. It's just mission based work, and that's really what Rotary is all about too. Is that mission based work, the mission based volunteering? Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't get paid to do it, but it's building relationships, making a change in the world, trying to help somebody's life. Love it. How have you seen Rotary change since starting when you did? You know, what what's the biggest changes that you've seen in Rotary? Good, bad, or indifferent? Yeah. I think definitely the ratio of men and women. Like I said, that first club I was part of, not as very many women. Um, definitely an older crowd. I know the club I'm in right now has worked really hard to bring younger people in. You know, I think Rotary still skews a little older. I think I'm considered young, <laughs> and I'm, I'm not that young. So that's kind of interesting. Now, of course, being in a small town in Iowa, which is was pretty rural community, it was not diverse at all. Um, I have not been back to that club for a while, so I'd be curious to see what the diversity ratio is. Our club in Edina that I'm part of, the Noon Club, has worked really hard at improving our diversity. And so I think that's been a really big change in recognizing that, giving women leadership roles. I think that's been really important. Mm -hmm. Um, They've also really looked at Rotary differently. Like 
every club doesn't have to be the same. And we don't all have to do a meal and sing songs or, or whatever the normal routine used to be. It's like you can just go and have appetizers or you can go meet in a, in a bar or someplace that works more effective for younger people. Mm-hmm. Um, I, or, I, or don't meet at all and you, just, and you just go and serve. Yes, you know, absolutely. You've got the cosbase clubs and things like that. But I, I agree. I think Rotary has been very um, – proactive about changing towards what the needs of the younger generation are in terms of service. Yeah. I have a staff member that I've talked to a lot about Rotary, and he is part of the initial club, the LGBTQ club Mm -hmm. that's in, I think it's in downtown Minneapolis. Mm -hmm. And he was so excited to go and visit it and really wanted to be on that ground floor of, of building that club. And so that to me was really exciting too. Interesting. And just a, a little, um, like mental note for myself that we should connect outside of this so that we can connect with him and have him a part of the show eventually too. But that's on the side. That's another another show. We'll count on you to make that introduction. Yeah. (laughs) I can do that. I can do that. So Sue, we have just a few minutes before this segment is up. And so I want to just ask this question. Um, What's been the biggest surprise and value that you've discovered through Rotary? And then, and then making that connection with Alzheimer's Association. I don't know that it's a surprise, but I think the the friendships that you build and, you know, uh, for your work, whether it's doing things through work, but just those outside friendships and people that you can really rely on. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom passed away about 10 years ago, and I'm part of the club that I'm in now, and I remember sending out an email, and I kind of almost felt bad, like, hey, I need to tell you my mom died, because <laughs> I know you're going to send me cards. But I was overwhelmed by the number of cards and mm-hmm. people that reached out and said, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. And that was just so meaningful and powerful, because I hadn't been a member of that club for a really long time. Yeah. So to me, like anytime I receive one of those announcements, it's like, I got to make sure they know we are thinking of that person, even if I didn't know them really very well, that there is a whole community out here that's here to support people through their life changes. I would 100% yeah. echo mm-hmm. that. That instant community is just unbelievable. Well, for the short amount of time I shared with you before we started the show that I started um, in February of this year. And in that short period of time, I mean, Joe's been a, a nice little like segue into creating some of those relationships. But some of them have been out, you know, uh-huh. outside of that relationship between the two of us. And the family support is really immense. So yes. um, we are very excited to hear more about the Alzheimer's Association and your affiliation with them. So um, thank you for sharing a little bit more about yourself. As a reminder, you're listening to Searching for Service, brought to you by District 5950 and 5960. I'm Kelly Kirk. And I'm Joseph Kirk. Come back now. Hello and welcome back to Searching for Service, brought to you by District 5950 and 5960. As a reminder, you can find us on your favorite podcast platform. I'm Kelly Kirk. And I'm Joseph Kirk. And as a reminder, we also love five-star reviews. So if you have an <laughs> oh, you opportunity. You stole my thunder. I was going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> next time, next, next section. Time. 
All right, Sue. So we had the opportunity for our listeners to get to know you a little bit better, but let's share with them about Alzheimer's Association because that is obviously something that you're very passionate about. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) You know, when I came to the association, I I was at the ALS Association before for 11 years. Great organization. And when I changed, somebody was like, why did you do that? And I said, you know, I want to be part of something big where if we can find treatments, prevention methods, literally we can change the world. You know, mm-hmm. there's 6 million people that have Alzheimer's disease right now, and that number just is expected to triple in the next 20 years. So we really need to do something about this disease or it will break the federal government bank. It's, mm. it's a really expensive disease. I have two follow-up questions from that. First, what is, what's your tie to the Alzheimer's Association? What drew you to that outside of what you just shared? But is there any other like personal tie to it? I did not have a personal tie when I started. I just believed in the mission and what they were doing and knew that I could help them grow so that they could serve more people. But that being said, eventually I feel like almost everybody gets touched by this disease. Mm -hmm. And about four years ago, the woman that I worked with or worked for my entire high school um, and college career, she developed Alzheimer's disease. And died a couple years ago, and it was so hard. So this person I considered my second mom, and it was devastating to see her uh, transition from being this vibrant businesswoman to you know struggling to find her socks and put on her shoes. And yeah, yeah, well, they call it the long goodbye. It is. Yes, it is totally. You know, I do just want to say, and Joe might think this is a little woo-woo on my end, but I do think that you were drawn to that for a specific reason. And I'm sure that there was a component of like you had started with Alzheimer's Association. And as you found out about your second mother, like, yeah. you know, it she's all of a sudden falling victim to this. And you're able to provide some resources for yes. not only her, but her family yeah. as well. So, you know, I always say I'm. I'm here day or night. Call me if you need something. (laughs) I might not have all the answers and might not be the right person, but I'll get you to where you need to go to find that answer. I love it. That's one of my lines. I go, I'm I'm like a 7-Eleven. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> I may not always be in do, do business, but I'm always open. <laughs> Gosh, so I promise I had two questions yeah. and I don't want to spend a heck of a lot of time on this next question because we've got a lot to dive into with sure. the organization. But you mentioned that um, it's six million individuals have been affected by Alzheimer's so far, but that number is expected to double, if not triple. 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 And what what is it like what what gives in that sure. circumstance to to have all of us go okay we know that the number is going to yeah. it's going to pop up well besides having a brain your greatest risk for alzheimer's disease is age so okay. at age 65 it's one in in nine people have alzheimer's disease and by age 85 it's one in three so as the population ages so think about all the baby boomers mm-hmm. that are turning okay. 65 yeah. there's that many more people that are going to be at risk for alzheimer's disease okay. the other thing you know th- i think back to when i was much younger people died of heart attacks stroke cancer at greater re- greater amounts than they would do today we have wonderful treatments for all of those things. We know how to prevent. We know how to help somebody if they have a heart attack and how to help them live after afterwards. Mm-hmm. So we are not dying of those diseases, living longer, but now we're um, subjected to Alzheimer's disease. Okay. What's, what's your guys' 
core initiative right now? And it sounds like you've had some breakthroughs in um, some therapies and uh-huh. um, prevention. But what's the core initiative right now? Well, our big vision, of course, is a world without Alzheimer's disease and all other dementias. So first, I'm going to tell you, dementia is the overarching term for cognitive decline. People always want to know what's the difference. There are 50 different forms of dementia, Alzheimer's being one of them, and the majority of people with dementia have Alzheimer's disease. So I always say, it's kind of like if you said, I have cancer, you'd say, what kind of cancer do do you have? I have dementia. What kind of dementia do you have? I have Alzheimer's disease. So that kind of helps with that a little Mm -hmm. bit. Yes, it does. So our big Mm -hmm. vision is, of course, let's not have any of those. But we have three kind of, I would say, core programs. One is care and support to help people on their journey, to help them live the best quality of life that they can for as long as possible. We do a lot of public policy work, so getting laws passed that will help everyone who's impacted with, with this disease, whether they're involved with us or not, we can really impact their lives that way. And of course, we raise, um, we advocate for a lot of money for research uh, through NIH and the DOD and other places like that. And then, of course, we fund research and we fund research around the world. Okay. I would imagine a large component of what you guys do too is for the families. Absolutely. And, and, and because, I mean, they don't really know what's happening when. <laughs> well, the, well, there's uh, a point where they yes. they stop knowing. Yes, mm-hmm. but the families don't. And I'm Correct. sure. What kind of services do you guys provide, or resources do you provide for families? Yeah, our number one service is our 24/7 helpline. So anytime you have a question, you can call that 800 number, and we'll answer it day or night and help you through. And you can you can call as many times as you want. Yes, it's right there. Call as many times as you want. Um, you know, there's that something's keeping you up at two o'clock in the morning. I've heard lots of stories about that where people will call because I just need this answered. And it's simple things from, hey, I'm seeing these signs in my loved one. What should I do? I'm looking for a support group to really serious things. Like there was a woman that called and said, you know, my uh, next door neighbor is a single person. I kind of watch over him. He's eating out of the garbage can. What should I do? And Mm -hmm. she knew he had dementia. There's the woman that called and said, my husband is having behavior issues. We have 100 loaded guns in the house. What should I do? So sometimes it's really serious things that we have to help walk somebody through. We want to make sure the family's protected and well cared for as well. Other times it's a really simple thing. But we're there. So, And then we have support groups across the country. Um, some of them are virtual. Some of them are in person. So depending on what you're looking for, we do lots of education. So all of you out in the community, if you have your churches looking for education, your, your rotary club, your uh, business, we can come in and do education for your staff. We'd mm. love to do that. The website has a ton of information as well. That's great. And I'll really quick for all of our listeners out there, I'll give the, the hotline, the 24-7 helpline. It's 800-272-3900. That's 800-272-3900. Man, you sound like a Thank radio you. show host. <laughs> that was really good, I love show. It. <laughs> <laughs> I stayed at a Holiday Inn Express last night. So. There we go. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Well, um, I, did you have a follow-up question? I was just going to say, I mean, we've got a few minutes left here. If if I, I'm listening to this, and what should I take away from the Alzheimer's Association in terms of what should I know? Why should I know it? First thing I would say is people are still really reluctant to get diagnosed. There's a lot of stigma still around this disease. And I hope people 
will get over that fear and we need to break that stigma. So go get diagnosed because there are things that we can do to help you continue to live. Mm -hmm. Even if the drug treatments aren't available to you, there's still other things that we can do to help somebody live well with this disease. So I encourage people to have the conversations with their family members, with their doctors, get diagnosed, and then seek out support and resources. You might not need it today, but it's better to have that conversation now and plan for the future. We all know we should do this, but plan for the future so it's not all of a sudden an emergency. Every financial advisor in the world just went, yes, yes. yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, so many people will say, oh, my loved one's doing fine. Uh, This was a great call. Somebody called me and said their um, their mother was having issues, couldn't determine which was the cell phone and which was the remote control for the TV. So I was like, okay, well, we can label them. You know, there's little tricks you can do. Oh, but my mom's still driving. She's doing great. I was like, okay, if they don't know the difference between the cell phone and this, they can't drive. We got to have that conversation right away. So it's like people don't plan for that. That's a motor vehicle. Yeah, they think things are okay. And it's then all of a sudden somebody gets in an accident and it could be really serious. So mm-hmm. that's why it's really important to call. And people are really reluctant. Sometimes it takes them two years to call us. And it's like, we just want to start the conversation and help you through this journey. Well, and especially mm-hmm. with the breakthroughs being on the early end yes. of the disease as well. So, I mean, that's got to help at some point when people know with some level of certainty, like, okay, I can be treated for this early on. I got to get in right away. Yeah. Whereas historically Absolutely. it's been... Once you got it, you're kind of right. kind of dealing yeah, with it, right. and you're just triaging it. Which I think is one reason why a lot of people don't go in and get diagnosed. But this is what we're hoping, because just like with a heart heart disease, you don't actually want to have the heart attack. You want to know maybe you're headed that way, and what can I do to prevent that? That's mm-hmm. what we want with Alzheimer's disease. And just to segue into our next um, nice <laughs> our next section is we will be talking about what you can do to get involved with the Alzheimer's. Association. There's actually a lot oh to, my gosh, to yes. do. And I was even blown away by it. And uh, I'm excited to talk more about it and to get into it. So I'm excited to hear more about it too. Good. As a reminder, you are listening to Searching for Service brought to you by District 5950 and 5960. I'm Kelly Kirk. And I'm Joseph Kirk. Excited to see you in a couple seconds. Hello, and welcome back to Searching for Service, brought to you by District 5950 and 5960. You can find us on your favorite podcast platforms. And what do we love, Joe? Five-star reviews. Five-star reviews. Five stars only. You are listening with Kelly Kirk and... Joseph Kirk. Joseph Kirk. And if you're tuning in for the first time... We have um, Sue Perriott of uh, Alzheimer's Association with us. And our last section, we, we dove into all about Alzheimer's Association. But now we're going to dive into all of the volunteer opportunities because it sounds like there is oh a gosh. plethora of them. So Yes. Yeah. You know, it's lot, similar to Rotary. We couldn't run our organization without volunteers. We're mm-hmm. really volunteer driven, even though I do have full-time staff as well. And... 
you know, I could not hire enough people to reach everybody within the state or the country or my region or any of that. So having those volunteers out in the community are so important to help be uh, spreading our message, helping us to offer our services, helping us to raise the funds so that we can provide everything else that we do and do the great research that we do as well. So there are lots of opportunities from, if you check out the website, it kind of has the list of it. And if you really aren't sure what you'd be looking at, we can set you up with a conversation with one of our staff members who will kind of walk you through what all those opportunities are and see what interests you. Lots of opportunities like in the office. So sometimes people who are retired are like, yeah, I can still come in and data entry or make mm-hmm. thank you phone calls and easy things like that, help put packets together to mail out for pro- different projects. We have service projects sometimes for groups. So if your company is looking for a group project to come in and help us, we can arrange things like that. We also have, I think this is great, like leadership opportunities, especially for younger people who are maybe helping, wanting to develop their skills and leadership skills. So serving on a committee for one of our events or one of our programs and services, I think I think that's really important. Mm. And we have super fun events. I know Rotary has fun events too, but we have fun events uh, besides the walks. Huh. We have an incredible gala. We have longest day events. So that's kind of creating your own event around someone you loved based on what you like to do. Mm. Um, there's, of course, our board of directors. We have a really amazing board of directors that's very engaged, really high-level, sophisticated people who really look at our organization as a business. While we are a nonprofit, we still need to be profitable Mm -hmm. so that we can continue. And they really help us kind of think outside the box in that way. And of course, we're trying to reach diverse communities. Uh, If you are African-American, you're twice as likely to have Alzheimer's disease as a Caucasian person. And if you're Latino, you're one and a half times more likely than a Caucasian. So Mm. reaching into those communities is really important that we spread that message. There also, if you like to speak in front of people, you guys are both great at this. We could (laughs) help you become a community educator, and you can go out and deliver our programs to different people. That was going to be my question. You mentioned the education component of it, and I was going to ask how that looked. So that's exciting to know. That's funny you say that. One of her three-year goals is to speak in front of a hundred plus people. So oh. we might have found. <laughs> I, can make that <laughs> I guess I wasn't specific about that in my head. I was specific Whoops, in the mortgage realm, but I guess you know. Can you can? Calls. Well, and I'll tell you what: the groups that we speak in front of, they're very understanding. They're hungry for information. They're welcoming. So it's nobody has to be perfect. You know, you're, you're sharing mm-hmm. your story, and you can weave the story in of the person that was in in your life. I mean, that yeah. that's really powerful where it's not just I'm providing information, but I'm telling you how this impacted my life as well and my family's life. Mm-hmm. Something that really interests me was when you were talking about the um, opportunities for leadership and um, understanding probably what the structure of the, the, the organization is, um, understanding just how to lead. Talk a little bit more about that and um, some of the specific wins there, because I think a lot of people that are looking for service and are listening to this show are really leadership driven. So I think uh-huh. that'll be an area that is really attractive for them. Yeah. So as I said, we have lots of different committees, a lot of them around our events. So it's taking on 
roles within those committees. And you can be just a committee member, but then we also look for people to chair the event, chair certain divisions of the group, like the sponsorship chair or the community engagement chair. There's a whole chair for the Walk to End Alzheimer's that talks about the event experience. How are we going to make this a really fun event for people? Mm. So, you know, sometimes it's kind of like planning a party, which is is awfully fun. (laughs) But it gives people that opportunity to come in and and learn about the organization, kind of see how something works and Mm -hmm. work their way up the ladder. Not everybody starts as the chair, but, you know, Mm -hmm. what do they want to do? So I think it really can develop their networking skills, um, teaching people how to reach out to others and make connections. It teaches organization because we ask them to put together the agendas, to lead the meetings, to reach out to the people in their networks. There's lots of growth opportunities within the organization. What a wonderful way to not only serve a great organization, but then to learn skills that serve you in your career or, you know, whatever other organizations you're part of. So that's such a cool cross connection. Uh Um, How has Rotary been involved or involved with uh, Alzheimer's Association specifically of yeah. Rotary has taken on Alzheimer's as one of their kind of signature organizations that they want to work with. And I think because of the number of people that are impacted by Alzheimer's within Rotary overall. Mm-hmm. And so they have really supported the- saying Rotarians are old? They're older. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not going to say they're old, but uh, yes. But it impacts the family, you know. We have a young gal that we just featured for our Give to the Max Day, and she's, I think, maybe 15, 16. And it was her grandmother that has Alzheimer's disease. And she has a walk team that has raised thousands of dollars each year. And it's just amazing how she saw the impact that this had on her life and her her parents and how it impacted her and how she wanted to make a difference. So to think that it just impacts older people is, is not accurate at all. Mm -hmm. But Rotary has supported the Walk to End Alzheimer's and really encourages each club to form a team and go that day. Now, you could volunteer and help on that day, but we also encourage you to help us raise money and walk together. I mean, what a community-building event for Rotarians to get out and walk together, bring their loved ones who might be impacted, see all the different generations that are there, and help us change the world. Mm. It's so good. So has your club you, you, had... Has you've your, done this a time or two, haven't you? Have. Yeah. Has your club had a walk team? Uh, that's a great question. If, Excellent question. I, all right. So that's the that's my goal next year. You guys at least need a walk team. I know my club has a walk team. So okay. I'm writing it down right And now. it's fun when you have a little competition. Like, you know how... Can you do, raise more money than we can? Can you have more people at the walk than we can? This is a private message to... Brad, <laughs> Brad, Johnson. Brad Johnson, our president of United Morningside. Let's get on that. Yeah. But, and I challenge all Rotarians out there to get involved and really see how this organization can help yeah. support their members. Because that's really what it's about is supporting the members that are impacted by this as well. It's really interesting. Everybody that we've had on this show, you know, certain clubs have – more focus on certain things. Mm-hmm. But man, everybody should be paying attention to all of these. And it's it, it's more or less, it's it's just awareness. And one of my mm-hmm. favorite things about this show is that, that it's bringing so much more awareness to these great, great uh, organizations, associations, events, things like that, yeah. that hopefully people are listening to this from other clubs and are going, oh my gosh, we've never done that before. Yeah. <laughs> we need to get on that right now. I 
hope so. And yes, if you're across the state or the country, whatever, you can get involved in your Alzheimer's Association. They are looking for volunteers. Yeah, I suppose you you have a connection with all of them. I do. Yeah. So reach out to me. I'll get you connected. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see here. Anything else that we need to wrap up here for this last section? Well, how about this? If if I'm out there and you know I've never served for the Alzheimer's Association or Rotary, what's the what's the first thing that they should do? Like, what? How would you how would you encourage them to? Get involved first. Like, what would be the first thing? The first step? I think it's always making that phone call and talking to somebody about what might interest you or what opportunities are out there. You know, some people don't want to go talk in front of a bunch of people uh, and present and do education, so that might not be what they want to do. Others are like, really want that personal, I was impacted by this disease, I want to help run a support group and help people through this. Others are like, yeah, I want to do it, but I want to have fun, so let's get involved in one of the events and really help raise the money and build those relationships. And I think in Rotary, we talked about that instant family. It's kind of the same way with Alzheimer's. You come and you meet somebody who's been on a very similar journey. They're not always mm-hmm. the same, but similar. There's that instant connection and support. And I have seen people develop the most wonderful relationships from being on a committee, from being involved in an event, and seeing somebody year after year. It's really special. Gosh, I wonder why you decided you wanted to get involved in the Alzheimer's Association. <laughs> <laughs> the similarities between Rotary and Alzheimer's yes. is you're saying is it sounds like there's a lot so well i think for this next section we can talk about let's talk about expansion what expansion will look like for alzheimer unless you had a different well no in exact alignment with that our fourth section typically with our guests is how they imagine rotary but we'll expand that to how you imagine um the alzheimer association in the future awesome Awesome. Can't wait. Right. As a reminder, you are listening to Searching for Service, brought to you by District 5950 and 5960. I'm Kelly Kirk. And I'm Joseph Kirk. We're excited to have you back. Hello and welcome back to Searching for Service, brought to you by District 5950 and 5960. I'm Kelly Kirk. And I'm Joseph Kirk. As a reminder, two reminders, you can find us on your favorite podcast platform and... Five star reviews. (laughs) Again. (laughs) Many, many, many of them. Like, 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 subscribe, subscribe, and review. (laughs) Click the bell. (laughs) (laughs) All right. For this last section, um, for our listeners who might just be tuning in, we have Susan Perriott of Alzheimer's Association with us. um, And we've dove into all about Susan, Sue. We've learned about the Alzheimer's Association, volunteer opportunities for the association. And now we're going to talk about how you see Alzheimer's in the future, the expansion of it. What are your hopes and dreams for it? Oh my gosh, where to begin? Mm-hmm. You know, in Minnesota, there are a hundred thousand people with Alzheimer's disease, and we talked that number is going to triple. So, part of the reason of wanting and needing more volunteers is, and I said this before, I can't hire somebody to be in each community. 
to provide information, resources, and support. So growing our volunteer base is really important to being able to touch people's lives that need this this help. We want to make it easy so somebody at International Falls doesn't have to call down to Minneapolis Mm -hmm. to get the resources that they need, that there's somebody in their community that can say, hey, I can come and do an education in your church. I can come to the community hall and we can do a whole education for the entire community about how we can help serve and support that person going through this disease. So we definitely need to grow there. We've also done, though, a lot of kind of what I would call one-to-one. So when I have a support group and six people in the support group, I've only served six people. When you have the number of people that have this disease and that and it's going to grow, we have to think about how we're going to treat and look at the disease in a big way. Mm-hmm. So we are really looking at health systems change, making sure that people get diagnosed because currently up to 50% of people who see a doctor aren't diagnosed or they're not told of their diagnosis. It might be in their chart, but they weren't actually told because there weren't treatments available. I know. What disease wild. would you do that for? None other than Alzheimer's disease. That's but wild. so we need to change that to make sure that doctors are diagnosing, that they are giving that information to their patients, that they know then what are the next steps and where to find support and resources so they don't have to go on this journey alone. That's the thing that breaks my heart when someone says, oh, gosh, I wish I'd known about all these services before. Mm-hmm. You know, like, ugh, you know. So we need to grow that awareness, too, to make sure people know where to find services. Yeah. Um, but then, cha- yes, changing that health system. So what happens, you know, if you have Alzheimer's disease and you go into the emergency room because you had a fall and someone starts asking you, how did you fall? What happened? If you have Alzheimer's disease, do you think you can answer those questions? No. <laughs> do you know what medication you're on? Or here, take these pills when you go home. What if you have Alzheimer's disease? Are you going to remember yeah. to take those? You know, so we have to change that system of how we also treat this disease, who's involved in the care and support, to making sure that they're supported the best way. So that health systems change is just going to be crucial because as we have treatments and we can slow this down, it'll really change the, the look of the disease too and the people People should live longer and better lives, but we need to be in there early also helping those people. So to me, also that big vision is getting people diagnosed early mm-hmm. so that treatments are effective. I just want to say something, and it's it's just a moment I'm having that I'm incredibly grateful to have you on this oh. show right now because I can, I can imagine that, and it's just a gut feeling that I get, that I'll eventually reach out to you at some point to have a conversation, whether it's a family member, maybe it's my husband. <laughs> I'm kidding. I hope and pray that's not the case. But Yeah, let me know who he is. <laughs> but, I mean, seriously, I just kind of had this overwhelming feeling that I wanted to share that with you because I think that, um, you know, I I personally wish that, like, truth be told when it was my grandmother that had that was affected by alzheimer's and um my my father and my uncle were really the kind of overall art, overarching caregivers in that whole circumstance uh-huh. and they had quite a bit of resources but joe's been to my hometown it's it's a little bit smaller lacrosse wisconsin and i don't necessarily know that if they had the full-on resources that they could have particularly sure. had to tap into and so um it it's really interesting to hear like that sometimes it just has to start at the health you know at, yeah. in the healthcare system and maybe if they had you know proper resources that were provided for them at the time. And maybe they did, and I'm just, you know, not privy to it, but it felt like there was circumstances that came up and they were like, 
to know what to do. Yeah. 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 And that's why that helpline's there. So people can call anytime, Mm -hmm. even when their loved one's in the nursing home. Sometimes there's behavior issues and the the nursing staff doesn't know what to do. We can help even in those situations, give them tricks and tips of how to change behaviors. Yeah. Gosh, I just, I'm like, how do you pivot off of that? But I was like, (laughs) sorry, (laughs) sorry. That's what okay. We're here for. Awesome tea up there. Appreciate that. I know. <laughs> Sorry. I think in li- in line with that. So uh, that's amazing vision for the Alzheimer's Association. What's your vision for Rotary as a service organization with within that? Right. And and what's how do you see Rotary oh, in, so in the future? Think. Well, the connection I would see with Alzheimer's really, think about Rotary and the impact they've had on polio Mm -hmm. and how we've almost eliminated polio. Mm -hmm. I just think, wow, okay, what's Rotary's next big thing that they're going to tackle? To me, Alzheimer's disease would be that perfect disease that they could really impact and help their the, the, our members right now. Mm-hmm. And not that we're done with polio yet, but we need to start thinking in the future, what can we also yeah. tackle? And I think they could make a huge impact in getting involved, getting people to uh, encourage them to participate in trials. We need people mm-hmm. of all ages to participate in trials. And they're not all drug trials. It's, sometimes it's a lot of environmental and, and exercise trials and things like that. What can we do to help prevent? I think we could do a ton of education with Rotary to help people live better lives so that they live better lives longer yes. as well. You know, yeah. an observation from all the shows that we've done so far and all the guests that we've had on <clears throat> is – Uh, A commonality of what a lot of people see for the future of Rotary is a greater liaison between some of these organizations and and just being the connective tissue because, you know, we touch everything as Rotarians everywhere, every part of the planet. Mm -hmm. And then being a stronger liaison, even stronger than what we already are for specific organizations and – and that's where like the cause base clubs are really exciting to me because you yeah. could literally say we're going to do a club that is Alzheimer's mm-hmm. based mm-hmm. and we partner with the Alzheimer's Association oh, and I'd do love all that of that. Idea. And like I'm starting to just put some of these dots together mm-hmm. that people keep pointing out there and going and that's just kind of the fun thing about mm-hmm. being in this chair is I get to hear it all and we get to hear it all and mm-hmm. all of a sudden all these patterns begin to to uh, present themselves mm-hmm. and like, I, I just envision we have a, a club in Minnesota that's Alzheimer's based, and it's people that 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 have been impacted or or are very passionate about the organization, and we figure out ways to mobilize everybody else, educate, partner with other associations and other things that distribute information or yeah. healthcare, and being able to to be better liaisons for. For other organizations. Well, I even think as you say that, the number of people that are diagnosed, it can often be hard to attend still a club or it's overwhelming. There's so much going on. You're ringing bells. There's, you know, Mm -hmm. my club, 100 people. It's loud. There's lots of commotion. So how could we design a club that you could still have the person with Alzheimer's attend and be an active Rotarian and their care partner or someone that would come with them and support them so that they could still feel like they were part of Rotary giving back, but it might change how that Mm -hmm. club looks and and the things that they do at that club. But uh, that would be a great way because I know we've lost some club members because they had the disease and we're really no longer able to participate at the level that they wanted to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I love that. 
That's an awesome idea. That's such a great product of this show already is that we're we're kind of unleashing our brains and our thoughts and going, well, what needs to be true for that to happen? Or like, you know, and it's it's, Joe's infamous (laughs) phrase, what needs to be true? I like for that. that to That's good. <laughs> it, it helps you break break uh, you know your misconceptions or constraints that you have mm-hmm. of the current situation. But I mean, we got a minute left, and this has been phenomenal. I wish we had another two, three hours. We could I'll come just, back. Yeah, we'll definitely <laughs> yes. have you back for you'll, sure. We'll definitely have to, and yeah. perhaps it's in a couple of years after we've eradicated polio. And yes, wouldn't that be fantastic? We're about what that next oh, adventure is. So. I love it. We, we do want to just say thank you, a heartfelt thank you for taking time to come. And um, we know you travel a lot. And so well, thank uh, finding you. time to, to do so is is very kind of you. And we're happy that you had the platform to speak a little bit more um, you know, thoroughly on Alzheimer's associations. I appreciate thank it. You. Thank you. Thank you. All right. As a reminder, you're listening to Searching for Service. It's time to stop searching. And start serving. Bye.